Cozy's Ben Weber here. This is Side C of Episode 48, W.T. McRae on Babble Day. You will find us post-company training at Clinton Cameo Studios on 43rd Street in Times Square, Manhattan. During company training, I really pushed the boundaries of what I thought was possible with my body. I did a handstand, uh, did all this like very amazing contact improv-esque stuff uh, with this uh, gorgeous Italian acrobat named Leo. Uh, I met uh, all of the the people, not maybe all the people, but a, a large chunk of the people in the Babel Ensemble. There must have been about, ooh, I don't know, maybe 20 folks in this company training. Uh, and they were all such uh, competent, beautiful movers uh, and very welcoming. Uh, and after rehearsal, WT uh, showed me a nice little corner with a comfy couch right outside of, I believe it was Studio B. And we, uh, we continued our cozy conversation. So I hope you enjoy Side C. Welcome back, WT. Thanks, Ben. What a rehearsal. What a training we just had. Yeah, training. There, there it was. We're still... My body is buzzing. Yeah? Yeah. I have... Uh, I feel a lot more fluid and liquid than when I stepped into that room. That's good. Yeah. I think. I it hope. is. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Yeah. The last of the Babel company is leaving. With a little tiny baby. Including the Babel baby. The Babel baby. Yeah, we had, um, when we were putting up the first iteration, the first sort of look at a narrative arc, we set out a sort of nine-month plan. We were like, so we're going to be working towards this process for nine months, which isn't long, but it feels long. And Nora said, hey, guys, I could have a baby in that time. (laughs) And... um, and we were like, but please don't say that because we need you. And um, by the end of that time, she was pregnant. Wow. Yeah. That's so she, she was actually uh, not able to perform in the iteration in January because mm. she was very full of price. Yeah. And she, had, she was actually due the week of our performance in January. Oh, my God. Yeah. Price the Babel Baby. Price the Babel Baby. How were you feeling after this... this rehearsal this training i feel great i feel this uh this company and this work this way of working this uh, sort of steady meeting of bodies and asking questions around weight share and touch and physicality and the emotionality of physicality makes me feel alive yeah yeah i'm so happy and i'm so glad actually i didn't record it just because it cannot 
the words that we were saying just can't do it justice. I was just sort of basking in, like, uh, maybe it's, it's just to justify my own choice, but, like, I was just basking. I was like, I don't, like, I wouldn't want to listen to this if I wasn't in this room. Like, I, I think, like, listening to people talk about their bodies, like, it was hard for me to even, like, like, I didn't have, I wasn't having the experience that anyone else was having. Right. And it was so very personal yeah. and so far from anything that was intelligible to me. Like, mm. nothing that anyone said resonated with me. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And right. I w- well, it's like, uh, words, words aren't necessarily like an accurate representation of, what, of no. sensation or no. of like the emotionality of sensation. This group's been really interesting. Like, uh, we've been training and working in a sort of performance research way for four years on this process. Yeah. And, wow. uh, and, and sometimes we have these realizations that like there's a high level of intimacy in the cast, but that actually often we turn around and realize we don't know a whole lot about each other in a like sitting, talking, verbal, like I moved here from Ohio kind of a way. Totally. It seems like a, a big... Uh, part of your vocabulary or at least your ensemble is this hug. So it was walking and hugging was like one of the first things that we did. Yeah. And that was such a great way in. It's like, okay, we're going to about to do some very intimate, dangerous things with each other. Let's like hold each other. Yeah. I mean, there's a little chicken or egg there. The, you know, we started, we started building this company just by doing some like partner acrobatic training. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's like it's opened up this whole world of touch. We do a lot of touch-based communication. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times we start the day with some kind of a warm-up that really like uh, loads the idea of space, using space, moving through space, because it helps keep us safe like by like heightening the awareness of space. Yeah. And um, at some point, you know, we were leading and, and there's just everybody needs to greet each other. This ensemble has like a warm uh, connection. And so the, the need to like say hello physically is strong. Yeah. And so I think it was my collaborator, Jeremy, just one day it was like, you know, normally we say like, well, you have the vocabulary of walking and stopping, walking and stopping. You can walk sideways. And so one day he was like walking, walking and hugging. You have wa- and, and it's, um, it just, it answers a need in the room. Yeah, I mean, it made me feel instantly welcome, instantly ready to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was saying maybe to Ted. Is that a Tad? Tad. Yeah. Tad. Uh, just sort of the the stereotype that you hear of like performers rolling around on the floor, like when you go to theater <laughs> school, like people are just rolling around on the floor, and it was fascinating how nourishing rolling around on the floor was like, I don't want to stop. I want to like roll around on the floor all the time. Great. I hope you come roll around with us anytime. Yeah. I, I want to as well. Yeah. Um, it's a very warm group. Uh, we've sort of envisioned training, uh, not training, but touring this process as like a community action model. Hmm. So we have this vision of taking a portion of this cast and meeting a group of people somewhere Mm -hmm. and teaching them what we've been doing and sort of creating a show and performing alongside them. And um, we, have, uh, we haven't done it yet, 
but we have all these questions about like whether the work creates the warmth or whether we've just sort of assembled like the most magical group of people and i i believe kind of i believe that the the way we're working is what's creating a lot of the magic yeah but i'm i'm like also very nervous to find out Totally. And, you know, so I, you know, this is my first time here and, and some things that stood out for me was that there is a lexicon, right? There is, there is a, a set of vocab words that people know and different people have different relationships with. And uh, the gentle, the tall gentleman in the red shirt with the, the locks. Yes. That's um, our dance captain. Oh yeah. Charlie. Charlie. So Charlie was, a big friend of the vocab word. Like in his like feedback, he was sort of repeating all of the vocab words mm -hmm. like pouring and, and yielding and, mm -hmm. and impulse. And so all these things. And again, like listening to him, I couldn't, it was a, a completely opaque <laughs> thing. Like I couldn't, like I didn't know what his experience was, but I did notice that he was using these words, which I think uh, resonates with our, our conversation about, uh, uh, categories and things like that from, yeah. from earlier and I guess I, I'm I'm thinking about the the actual words themselves and how they relate to the activities are very open and inviting this idea of pouring and yielding uh, was extremely delicious for me yeah. and like pouring it's like how do you let yourself go how do you like release with your body so you're not like stressed out about like oh am i relaxing enough it's right. like you you're using this metaphor to unleash something in your body unleash however that looks in your body like what does pouring look like for my particular body right and right. and there's there's a lot less stress about trying to i don't know sink into this metaphor as opposed to like some sort of mechanical thing so i guess i think that you might be onto something with the lexicon that you're developing and that it would be very open and warm to strangers i hope so yeah yeah i mean i have you know like this is like part of my sort of uh hippie radicalism mm-hmm is that I sort of believe if there were more spaces in which people had to meet each other physically and explore through touch and trust and risk-taking, mm -hmm. like, I think it makes great humans. Yeah. You know, I, I teach partner acrobatics a lot to teenagers, and I just find that, like, um, w you know, like, often I get invited to a setting to teach partner acrobatics, and what it seems like I'm teaching is circus, mm -hmm. but what it feels like I'm teaching is, like, um, uh, safe touch and, like... Uh, connection and uh, self-advocacy mm -hmm. and like subtleties of communication mm -hmm. and like diversity of communication styles and like how to be in relationship yeah oh. you know like in some ways I feel like I teach people that a lot yeah uh, is that something that you're seeking yourself is that a question uh, that you have personally all the time yeah yeah I think I think being a human being is really scary and lonely. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, maybe, maybe I like come from a history of a lot of trauma, but I need like a lot of affirmation as a person. I need a lot of like clear, safe input. And I seek, I mean, I seek strong sensation in my life. Mm. Good, bad overwhelming yeah. sensation. So creating containers for myself in which I get strong, safe, 
nurturing input is really good for me. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's probably intentional that you are working in this ensemble way so that there are a huge amount of bodies and people and feedback so that, you know, all of these things are magnified because there's a, a chorus of people giving you all of this feedback and input and there's a lot to negotiate. We were, we were talking about like reading rooms and sort of, you know, being in tune to the energy of a room. And I, I imagine that all of these personalities and bodies feel nourishing to you. Would, is that true or? Yeah. Yeah. It feels like a family and there's like a, a um, there's a community happening for me around this work and I uh, Tad actually who you who you uh, were mentioning earlier like I feel like when he came into this process he's he's got an incredible he runs a really successful circus company mm-hmm. um, in fact he produces like 60 shows a year wow yeah he's like magnificent and um, I think that when he arrived he was a little skeptical of the work and um all of a sudden there was a softening with him. Hmm. Something really warmed up in the middle of our rehearsal process. And, and now he's one of our greatest advocates and, and uh, has really helped. We have some exciting things coming that we'll announce in the near future. Mm-hmm. And like he's been able to like really um, advocate for us in a way that I never saw coming. And has been really like, there's a community happening here. How are you guys doing it? And I think that it's actually because because there is like an open forum to show up mm. and bring your whole person is th- is that you is that related to the shift you think like like what i guess my question is like what what do you think brought about that shift i don't know i mean i think the work nourished him in a way he didn't expect i see uh you know we the company has really reflected like this has been good for many of them yeah. For different reasons and different narratives, like what they get out of it. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of us as, as performers are so, so pressured to be something perfect for other people. Yeah. You know, and, and have a lot of uh, self-worth invested in like, did I do it well? Yep. Am I, uh, am I enough? Yep. And, and one of the ways that we've sort of tried to work here is sort of, well, if you come and you and I meet, what's possible here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah, there, here are some acrobatic forms. What else is possible or is that possible or how could it be different? How can you change it to find support? But these are like pretty nourishing questions. Like yeah. what if we ask these questions in our romantic relationships. Right. Or, I, I mean, I, I have to share with you. So I worked a lot with Leo, mm-hmm. um, a gorgeous man. That is true. Like unbelievable, like very beautiful, strong man. And we did some stuff with impulses where you would, you know, touch an arm or touch a part of the body. And there were two stages of it. One was uh, sort of a repelling or or moving away. And then the other part was moving into the impulse. So you could either move away or towards the hand or the touch. And something that I'm thinking a lot about in my romantic life is really uh, foregrounding, like, what is it that I want? And, like, feeling okay that, like, oh, like, I don't need to, like, listen necessarily. Like, if I listen so much to what 
my partner wants, mm-hmm. I disappear. Yeah. Like there's a lot of disappearing in my like wanting to be an attentive listener. Mm-hmm. And really, I think what I'm striving to work for is there can be joy in the fulfillment of what I want. Like if I pursue exactly what I want, that is great. That's great for the whole situation. Right. Um, and that is something that came up for me in working with Leo in this impulse. Like, I get to do whatever I want. I get right. to tra- transform this impulse into doing whatever I want, and that's great. And it, it just is, it's great for whatever our exploration is. And so that was fascinating that, I mean, it, it was a very, like, sexy, romantic partnership with me yeah. and Leo. Yeah. And, and just thinking about this idea of desire and being okay with, like, oh, it, do I need to listen to like fulfill his impulse. I can't know what he wants me to do. So I'm just going to do what I want to do and trust that it's going to be fine and, or he'll adjust me if need be. Yeah. And let everybody be an adult. Yep. Like there's, there's sort of a, yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's so interesting, right? Because when you create a physical container, you know, um, well, my, too many thoughts collided, but you know, you create a physical container and now there's like a conversation, but it's not as, familiar it's a different kind of conversation and so some of these things we do as humans which is like over anticipating what the outcome is going to be and responding to not the thing that happened but the thing we expect to happen yep which is like coming from such a codependent family like that's so like i'm already like oh yeah trying to fix your reaction to the thing i haven't even said yet yep um i i hear you and that that like there's something about like especially once you get into like some of the weight share exploration that we're doing like you just have to not fall down or you, you know, like you just have to answer the impulse that's coming in and like find stability. Yeah. And then wait for the next one to come. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's all a very like, these are the metaphors that are helping me grow. Yeah. And I, I, I am so excited by the thought that all of our artistic pursuits are answering a very personal question like certainly you are opening yourself up you're you you are the leader of this ensemble you are creating a space but i'm also hearing that it is addressing very personal urgent questions that you have uwt have a need you have a question you you need this and you and totally. the, and therefore you have you know created the conditions to meet your personal need. Yeah. I, I, was, I was walking my dogs with my husband like four years ago. Uh, and I, I just, I was experiencing a real like stagnation in my artistic career. I had, I had toured the same uh, young audience of shows for like 11 years, which was a decent living, but it wasn't asking really new pressing questions. And I had tried to I had tried to make myself grow by creating a solo show. And so I I made an investment and I rented studio space and I spent many months by myself in the studio creating this solo clown piece and um, uh, put it up. I did three performances of it. It was well-received. It needed some work. Like 
certainly I was like, oh, I learned all the things I need to learn to make it good. And what I learned actually was that like being in the studio by myself made me feel crazy, mm-hmm. totally nuts. I just felt like I would get in the studio and like beat myself up emotionally. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough and I wasn't funny and I wasn't talented and, um, and maybe I'm not like maybe all of those things are true, but I, I realized a couple of things. One that like I needed to make something much bigger than myself in order to know if I had exhausted the possibility of New York city. And uh, I wanted artistic endeavors that made me feel more connected and not more isolated. And so I sort of said to my husband on this dog walk, I was like, we weren't married yet. Hmm. But I said, uh, you know, like, I know we're like moving towards our wedding and we like have all these ambitions in our life. But I think I need to make this really big show. I think I need to do this thing that's really big and could be really all consuming in our life. And he was immediately like, you have to do that. Which was a really surprising, like I was, uh, I was so shocked by his reaction and his support and a little like overwhelmed and mistrustful. <laughs> like I was like, I, why are you saying that? You don't uh, mean that. Oh, WT. Oh God. <laughs> what are we doing? Why do we, why don't we deserve the things that we definitely deserve. Why don't we believe that we deserve the things that we definitely deserve? Well, that's a lot of responsibility, right? What? You deserve greatness. You're kind of responsible for achieving it. Are or? you? Are you then responsible? I mean, but like it's it's inevitable. It's preordained. And you're going to work hard anyway, even if you don't deserve it. Even if you're a piece of shit, you're going to work hard <laughs> because that's what you think you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Right. So like... Yes, it, yes, it's a lot of responsibility. I guess what I'm saying is I, I empathize with yeah, totally. that. Yeah, it was, and, I mean. And like, and not, and like being surprised by support and like, be, it's like, what? This person that I love thinks I should do this thing that I'm saying that I need? <laughs> well, and like he was able to be this voice of like, not only like, yeah, I think, but like you have to do that. So you he, have to go get this thing that will nourish you. He's like, already, so he's already like bypassing your, your doubt. Like it's, it's such a like beautiful reaction yeah. on his part. Yeah. We Thank you so much for listening to Side C, episode 48, W.T. McRae on Babble Day. Please so. join us next time. For Cozy Zone with me, Ben Weber, episode 48, side It's awkward and then it's Cozy Zone. Occasionally it's a lovely thing to be nosy in somebody's Cozy Zone. So please, snuggle up sweet, a beautiful thing, it's Cozy Zone.